0: he may be offended to find the organized repression of minority groups and even the reestablishment of slavery. Seriously, and on the whole, favorably discussed as possible aspects of a world of peace, he is not likely to take kindly to the notion that the deliberate intensification of air and water pollution has part of a program leading to peace. Even when the reason for considering it is made clear that a world without war will have to turn sooner rather than later to universal tests to procreation will be less disturbing, if no more. Either. This crisis provides the opportunity for us, as I would say, the opportunity to do things that we could not. do. Wake, wake, wake up, wake up, On the wake up. Wake up the rest of the bitch oh, Wake us up, fuck job. ass up Yeah Do you wake me up? Yes, I woke you up On the wake up They don't wanna hear that Malcolm and shit Yeah, yes they do, they need that shit Now we give on a little So they call it stay woke well up On the wake up Wake up Wake up We plan for water shit Wake up, wake up, wake up, son, you're going to have to use something a lot stronger than coffee Let's make some wake up juice. On the wake up. Live from FEMA Region 2, back at it one more again for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up with your host this evening, your brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass. Shout out to my co-host, my brother John, the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth Podcast. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Shout out to the whole On The Wake Up Radio family and shout out to you, the listener, the On The Wake Up Radio army. You can check us out at onthewakeupradio.com where you can hear this live broadcast, uncensored, unfiltered broadcast with no interruptions. You can also check us out at the archives, the SoundCloud, the Stitcher iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you're listening on any of those platforms, just hit that like button. And if you know somebody who you feel is on the wake-up and ready to hear this content, hit that share button and share this with them. Share this content with somebody who you feel is on the wake-up. Big shout-out to FEMA Region Administrator Deanne, excuse me, FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell. We see you, Deanne. Thank you for keeping on the lights or are you, we're gonna go into that this evening because we are most definitely in the season of the blackout, all right? And from what I understand, they're already starting. We have extreme weather uh, situations coming up. So, you know, just in general, you wanna be prepared for these type of things. You wanna make sure you have plenty of food to last you a couple days, couple weeks. You wanna make sure you have water, water filtration system, and, you know, your basics, herbs, uh, medications, things to help your immune system, vitamin C, zinc. Um, and we can talk about a whole bunch of that stuff later on as this evening goes on. But it's that time of the year, so you want to be prepared for this. Because you already know these people, they want to pull the plug on us. They want to hit us with these blackouts. And I think well, we, might, we might even start this out with the... Uh, Blackout map. What is it? Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. The interactive blackout map. It's good to know these resources just in general because, let me see, I think it's Blackout USA. Because we won't always we won't always hear what's going on around the country per se, when it comes to blackouts and different emergency types of situations. So it's always good to have different resources at your hands just so you can, you know kind of uh, keep up this for yourself. Oh peace, Mr. Eastland, good to see you, absolutely. So I'm just looking at this map. This is nat- nationaloutages.com. And it's uh, looking looking pretty civil right now, but I'm seeing some stuff in the Midwest. Where we at? This is Meade County. There's some stuff down towards Texas. A couple blackouts down there. Lynn County. But it's looking pretty light so far. But let me see if I zoom in, anything comes up. No, I think we're looking good so far right now in the U.S. But you know, even with this last, um, with this last set of storms that we had um, last week in New York City, there were some blackouts. And if you're not ready for something like that, then it could easily catch you off guard. There's this show that used to be on called American. It was um. It was like a mockumentary. I know we've mentioned it on this show plenty of times called American Blackout. And on American Blackout, it was um, a situation, uh, they said power was out. US got hit by a cyber attack and power was out across the whole nation for about 10 days. They showed the decline of civilization in 10 years in the United States. In the first couple of days, it was cool. You know, people are partying in the street, partying bullshit, and this is the middle of the summer. And it progressively got worse and scarier as the days went on, to the point where hospitals were overflowed. I mean, there, there were people in the streets. You know, uh, the first, cup, first day, first couple of days, people are barbecuing in the streets, grilling, you know, family vibes, because you had to cook all that food that you had. But then as you start to get into like day three, day four, all of a sudden, now you have to think about the, the issues that you're confronted with, like the water. You no longer have water um, water pressure. So especially if you're in an apartment, you can't bathe, you can't shower, you can't flush your toilet, okay? You can't brush your teeth. You can't even pour water to, into your water filter, all right? Um, food, right? You go to the supermarket. If you're not paying with cash, then you're not getting food because they're not accepting credit card or debit card. You had one guy in the show who, you know, he's a baller up in this penthouse suite type of thing and a luxury apartment, let's say. And one, he's like, you know, 50 something stories in the air. So he has to walk all of that. But two, he goes down to the corner store to get a, a, a jug of water, and people are fighting over the water now at this point. And he says, you know, people, people are bidding for $40, $20, $40. He's like, I'll give you $100 for that water. Guy's like, bet, taken, And the guy goes to give him a credit card, and he looks at it, he looks at the credit card crazy. like, what are you going to do with this? There's no power, idiot. So now this man who thinks he has all this money can't get water, water because he's using a credit card to pay for it, okay? And that's why it's always good to have cash on hand just in case, as far as things stand. Right now in this modern day economy, in this world, it's good to have enough cash on hand just in case you need to purchase the things you need to purchase, okay? Another thing in this, I mean, even the food, the food lines and the food rides were crazy because, uh, <laughs> And one part, dude had, ended up having to beat another man's head in with a can of peaches just to save his life. Because this man was, you know, this man was out in the streets and, you know, he was looking for food for his family. And he said, listen, buddy, um, you're going to have to give up those peaches. I need to feed my family. And what happened? They got into a scuffle. And this man, this father ended up getting his head beat in by a can of peaches, probably died right there. His family's probably wondering what happened to him and they will never know or they won't know for a long time because there's no power. There's no, you know, emergency services. There are. They're. Uh, they're they're, they're overoccupied. occupied, they, they, they don't have enough resources to tend to all the emergency situations. They, they're dealing with small situations and they're dealing with emergencies in this type of environment, okay? So that's one person, that's why we always tell people, listen, when shit hits the fan, don't you be one of those people out in the streets standing in food lines and ration lines and all that. Get your shit now so that you don't have to worry about it later. People think, you know, people for the longest time told me, oh, you're crazy, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a prepper, all this. They always have creative names for people like us. But then when a situation actually goes down, that's when they see whether they want to admit it or not. Okay, I remember last year when this pandemic thing first started. I remember the masks and we talked about this on the show, too. There was a um, there was a run on the masks, and you know, as soon as I heard there was some kind of pandemic shit going on, I said, "Let me just go get some masks," you know. And by this time, people had gone to the CVS's and the pharmacies, bought up all the masks. So me, being the man I am, I said, "Okay, let me go over to Home Depot again. I got me masks. I mean, the, <laughs> at that point, the racks were still filled with masks." because most people didn't think to go to Home Depot to get masks, okay? I just bought a couple, I said I'll get a couple, we'll be good, I'll get some more later, right? That was my mistake. When I came back, maybe a couple of week or two later, every fucking thing was gone, The, the wall raided, every type of mask, every type of respirator was gone at that point. Because people got savvy, okay. I talked to the people over there. I said, when, you know, when the when the mask coming in. He said, as soon as the pallets touch down, people are buying them up by the pallet, okay? I talked to the dude over at CVS, at at the CVS near me. And he told me that a dude had come in and purchased all of the masks as soon as they touched down. Like, how did these motherfuckers know when the masks were touching down in the first place? And then they purchased them all. So they, they, People were hoarding masks because they heard that this might save them from this pandemic or this plandemic, okay? That's how quickly it can happen, okay? Now, like I said, I was lucky to be able to go get mine at the Home Depot because I knew that you could get them at Home Depot. But clearly, the average person didn't know because at that point, they, people were already hoarding masks. And when I went to the Home Depot, there was still a, an end cap. At, at that, full of masks. So people hadn't caught on to that part just yet. But once they caught on to that, it was a wrap. Couldn't find masks in the city for a long time. And, you know, we found out that some Khazarians were, you know, they had bought them up in the millions and were doing all kind of price gouging and the, and the feds raided them. And mysteriously after that raid, the masks returned. But... You have to remember that in a situation like that, and one thing that taught me is that in a situation like that, there are definitely people with more resources who are able to access more resources than me, okay? And I know I'm pretty resourceful, but to see how that went down, to see that not only were did, did these people have the money to get what they needed, But they had the money to pay off the right people so that they could be there and buy up these pallets of masks as soon as they touched ground, as soon as they touched down. It's not like the Home Depots were letting people know when these masks were touching down. But I bet you they had somebody got their palms greased for it. Bet you somebody said, hey, listen, I'll slip you a $100, $200, $1,000, whatever it is. But you give me a call when you know these masks are touching down, when these pallets of masks are touching down and these pallets were out the door by the time they touched down. So, you know, it, that that's one thing that was definitely a teachable, teachable moment for me, teachable situation with this, even with this pandemic, as, you know, because I think- You can never be prepared enough for when these situations happen. You can be prepared, but there's always going to be something that you may have overlooked or something that you just didn't anticipate. You know, the unknown unknown. Speaking of unknown unknowns, pause. If I'm not mistaken, hold on. What's this guy's name? Where are my manners, ladies and gentlemen? Um, because this son of a bitch has now joined the likes of George Bush Senior, two-stepping in in hell, Donald, Donald Rumsfeld. You know, I was um if you look at some of these uh the these uh obituaries online, they they just straight lying about this uh this motherfucker. Donald Rumsfeld died the other day. For my young bucks who may not know who he is, it's alright. It's not even worth it. Don't even don't even worry about it. But Donald Rumsfeld, look at this, this is from Yahoo News. Remembering Donald Rumsfeld, a respected and admired leader who simply stayed too long. What? A respected and admired leader? Like, that's how you describe this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Eastland, that's right, Nine ten, September 10th, 2001. September 10th, 2001, Donald Rumsfeld announced to the world in front of the Pentagon that they had mismanaged $2.3 trillion. And he said that the Pentagon, he said the enemy is the Pentagon bureaucracy. The enemy is the Pentagon bureaucracy. And he stood in front of us and told us that $2.3 trillion had magically vanished into thin air from the Pentagon. But don't worry, because they have a team of auditors who are going to be working night and day to figure out where this money went. And these auditors were positioned in these nice refurbished wing of the Pentagon that was, uh, that, that was being renovated. And the next day, when 9-11 happened, this is the area that got hit by a plane. and the auditors got killed, and everybody forgot about the $2.3 trillion that the Pentagon lost. Now, this was at a time, I know that sounds like chicken feed right now, but this was in a time when a trillion dollars was still a lot of money in America. Shit, a billion dollars was still a lot of money in America. Now, we talk so casually about billionaires we forget that a lot of people like me and my around my age, I'm 39, a lot of people around my age came from a time when millionaires had a lot of money. Right? And billionaires was, you know, damn near unheard of. But now you're talking about 2.3 trillion dollars. Okay. <clears throat> I almost wrote an obituary for this motherfucker, but I didn't care that much. But it would go something like this. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld, he was a neocon. The neocons since, you know, the last probably 50, 60 years have been working in the shadows to, you know, they've been from running drugs to running guns to, you know, they're the so-called oil guys, right? big oil, big business, all this. Basically the gangsters who have been in the shadows for so long and then somewhere around 2001 they orchestrated a coup installing the son of one of the main neocon Don Dada's who would be George Bush senior. They installed his son as the president, completely stole that election Cleverly stole that election. I mean, we had in Florida, we had the hanging chads, you know, George Bush Jr.'s brother Jeb. Jeb Bush was the governor of Florida at the time, one of his brothers. I think he, I don't know how many brothers this motherfucker has, but one of his brothers, I believe, uh, was he dealing with the voting machines? I don't know. It was a whole bunch of fuckery going on, okay? But they did a lot to get George Bush Jr. into office in 2001. And that was like the neocons coming out of the shadows, okay? That was them really coming onto the scene. And yes, Hillary Clinton was a neocon tune. Don't get it fucked up, because they go across political lines, all right? You have people like... <clears throat> It was the George Bush Sr., the George Bush Jr., the Richard Armitage, the Donald Rumsfeld, the Michael Bolton, the Dick Cheney, the, um, who's this guy? Fucking Scooter, Scooter Libby, the motherfucker that got locked up and let out. Um, who's it? it, it Rich, is it Pearl? Richard Pearl? There was a whole lot of them, a whole lot of these motherfuckers, man. They were bad, bad news. Bad news. Um... Mr. Eastland said, "My dad still thinks that Bin Laden was the mastermind of 9/11, and he was executed and dumped at sea." And the Fox, CNN, Blue, Red narrative overall—it's amazing to me that the majority of people do. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, people still believe that mythology, and they they call people who believe differently conspiracy theorists. And I you know I hate to go back on like old shit but you know, the conspiracy theorist is a term that was created for anybody who questions the official narrative okay I know we've mentioned that all the time enough people have said that but it, you know it's like um, it's like any propaganda like you have to repeat it sometimes over and over for it to sink in with people <clears throat> and eventually to sink in and then become a part of the regular conversation. So, yeah, I know on this show we do repeat things, but it's all for a purpose. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, Donald Rumsfeld's dead. Big fucking deal. That doesn't. That damn near means nothing to me because the policies are still going to continue. And, you know, Craig B. Hewlett calls it the hydra of carnage, where if you cut off one head, then another head pops off. If you cut off the... The uh, Federal Reserve, then the IMF is going to pop off. You pu- 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 uh, cut off the IMF, the Bank of International Settlements is going to pop up. You cut up the e- the UN and the, the the World Health Organization is going to pop up. There's you know there's no getting rid of these motherfuckers. It doesn't work like that. I'm sure if you broke it down philosophically, you know, I'm sure there's a philosophical way to deal with it. Um, Right. Thank you. The Leviathan. But I'm not exactly sure what that is. Right. Because how did they deal with the Hydra in Greek mythology? That was when this guy, I guess it was Perseus. Right. Had to come with the head of Medusa and he had to show it to the Hydra and then the fucking Hydra turned to stone. And that was it. Right. You Couldn't just chop off one head because the heads kept popping back up. But once you turned it to stone, then it died. So if you could find an, an, an analogy like that that actually can be applied to real life, yo, send it our way. Just slide it in my DM. And maybe we can make something happen. Because other than that, we, we are dealing with a beast. We're dealing with a beast that I, I think most people don't realize the nature of it at this point. Now, listen, um. Tune in to on the wake radio.com. We're going to be talking about some hot shit tonight. You know how it goes. I already see the censorship is starting, all right? People getting kicked off the feed and all that good stuff. Listen, this is what we always say. You you got to go to on the wake radio.com. You can tune in there. You can listen on the live stream. You can keep the live stream on. But tune in on OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. That way you can be over there with no interference because they're all, they're going to start to interfere with this conversation. You already know. This is how we're starting it off tonight. Um, Yeah, you know, these articles talking about Donald Rumsfeld, so he was universally respected. This motherfucker, yo, this dude, <laughs> back in the 1980s, there, there's a picture of him with Uh, Saddam Hussein. This is when the U.S. gave Saddam Hussein, you know the weapons that they said, the weapons of mass destruction that they said Saddam Hussein had? Yeah, it was the U.S. that gave them to him back in the 1980s, the the gas weapons that he used to uh, gas the Kurds. And those were given to him by the U.S. But when it came time for the U.S. to invade Iraq, then all of a sudden he was the enemy. Now, from what I understand, Saddam had destroyed those weapons and he had had UN inspectors in there and everything. And the problem was that when the UN inspectors came, there were US intelligence agents in there and they were putting cameras and all kind of shit around Saddam's facilities. So they had to kick them out. So when they kicked them out, that's why they kicked them out. That's the part of history they don't tell anybody. They just say, oh, Saddam kicked out you we- UN weapons inspectors, it didn't really go down like that. But people don't care about the truth. The title of this program tonight is called The Future of War. And if you listen to the ad, <clears throat> it's a clip from the report from Iron Mountain. The report from Iron Mountain, was published in 1967. Um, I know the uh came out who actually wrote it, but it was written by a John Doe at the time, someone who couldn't disclose their name. And the thing with the report from Iron, Iron Mountain is that it was basically laying out the scenario for, for how to create peace, right. It's the report from Iron Mountain on the possibility and desirability of peace. And the thing, one, one big thing in the, uh, the report is that they realize, or they in their, under their philosophy, war is necessary. War is as human as breathing. And war is a way of basically stomping out the weak so that the strong can thrive. And you know, they believe that it's a part of human nature, and so they say, in order to establish peace, peace isn't necessarily what you might think of peace. Like, they when they think of world peace, when I say they, I'm gonna say these global elites, when they think of world peace, they think of subduing the masses. And disarming the masses and them being the only ones with weapons and the ability to impose their version of peace onto the rest of the world. That's how they view world peace. So it's a little bit different than we might see it. Stability, the same type of thing. Stability to them is not necessarily, you know, everybody benefiting from the resources in their land or. Everybody having stable economies like that, that's not necessarily what they view as stability. Stability to them is, again, them dominating geopolitics and the rest of the world basically being a, a form of subject to them. So that's what the report from Iron Mountain talks about. And one thing that's really important in this report is the idea that they're going to have to destroy the. Um, natural environment in order to convince people that something needs to be done. That's the old problem-reaction-solution, the Hegelian dialectic problem-reaction-solution. So they're going to create the problem by destroying the environment. Then the people are going to beg for a solution. The people are going to react. And beg for for the governments to do something, they're gonna come in with the solution. The solution is gonna be the Agenda Twenty One, Agenda Twenty Thirty, Agenda Twenty Fifty, the complete <clears throat> lockdown of human civilization, and we got a peak of that with this pandemic, right? Because we saw the 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 lockdowns. So global lockdown for the first time ever, right? Let me see if I could pull up an article real quick. Hmm. Let me see if I can find an article real quick. Go. So this is from Principia Scientific International. I don't know who that is, but let's see what they're talking about. Published May 24, 2021. Headline, climate lockdowns are coming to save the planet, in quotes. It was only a matter of time. Because of the people's capitulation to the global pandemic narrative, the door has been opened for extreme green fascism. By allowing governments to take unprecedented powers in in imposing mandatory COVID lockdowns, the people have unknowingly stepped into a green trap laid by the technocrats at the World Economic Forum and environmental activists like Greta Thunberg. Ooh, I like the sound of this already. Under a climate lockdown regime, governments will be restricting freedom of movement, the use of privately owned vehicles, electricity, and heating consumption, as well as banning the consumption of red meat and imposing extreme green energy saving measures. The Ingram Angle host Laura Ingram blasts the radical climateists for continued mindless COVID fear mongering in preparation for the coming climate lockdowns. So I'm not going to watch that right now. I'm looking for the action. I'm looking for the actual articles talking about it because now this is the propaganda that's being spun around right now. We always tell you on this program, peep the propaganda, folks, because if you look at what the news is repeating to us and what you see in movies and television shows you can get a good idea of what's coming on coming you know down the line that's how i i knew that a pandemic was eventually coming because if you look at the propaganda it was just so clear that they wanted a pandemic they wanted a pandemic they wanted to lock down this planet and they were playing with different scenarios i mean if you look at the movie contagion <laughs> if you ever see that movie the the, the movie contagion is like uh A beta test example of what we're experiencing today where you had this virus, nobody knows where it came from, started somewhere in Asia, some shit like that, right? came over spread all across the world they locked down the country there were quarantines they except for that and in Contagion they locked it down the railway they either they weren't able to do that in the US or they didn't do it in the US but in the movie Contagion they locked that bitch down for real and they in the end of the movie you see where the actual lockdown began where excuse me, when the actual pandemic began, the the, the virus began, it was, <laughs> it was bats to shit. And then the pigs ate it, then the pig was slaughtered, and the person who was exposed to it in the, in the, the butcher, holy shit, hold on one second. let me turn up the volume for you. What's up, brother man? So, it's uh, happy 4th of July to you, sir. Happy 4th of July, brother. Bar, 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 bar. <laughs> Where you at, man? Can you can you get on the line? Uh, I'm going to be in and out this evening. Jump jump situations. I'm going to fucking be on it as long as I can. And I'm going hop off and hop in. Got you, got you. Because they can't really hear you on the broadcast that well right now. Right now? I mean they can hear you on the IG live, but on the radio, it's gonna be real yeah. difficult for them yeah. to hear you. Oh yeah, I was talking about the movie contagion and how I was just basically saying people gotta peep the propaganda. That's why we say peep the propaganda because the once once you, you watch these movies, this media, whether it's the news, movies, television shows, they basically let you know what's coming. And I say that's why we knew that there would be a, a pandemic because we called. I mean, come on, we were talking about pandemic way before this shit even hit. But that's what the you know that's what the media was telling us. I started making thieves oil back in around 2012, somewhere around there, because I knew some shit was coming. And thieves oil, if people don't know, thieves oil is a uh, antibacterial, antimicrobial, antifungal. This is the type of thing that. You want to spray on your mask just so that you can, you know, kind of fend off any type of pandemic type shit that's going on. Yeah, you put that shit in my mask the last time I was over there. Oh yeah, after, you. Uh, I was like, "What is this sweet scent? Like, what is this shit?" You over there in the kitchen, like a damn wizard. You know what I mean? You got all these elixirs and whatever, and roots and whatnot, all over your house, bro. Oh, wait a minute. Was, you know, was this before the pandemic hit? This is way before the pandemic, man. We was eating fucking shawarma and shit. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, because I was like, wait a minute. Right. Right. That was probably way, like, right at the beginning of it. Nah, that was a while before that, bro. That was a while before that. But you had a mask. Yeah, I had a mask on for some reason, man. Yeah. It wasn't no when nobody was about covid though. Right, right. I think it was early on in that shit when like when you were still able to get masks or something like that. Hopefully John will be back soon. You see you already see how it goes. As soon as we start talking about some hot shit, that's when the, the connection gets cut. But all that to say is all that to say. You know, you just got to look at the messages that are being sent. Like, if you do watch TV and movies and all that stuff, look at the messages that are being sent. So, there's this movie that I watched this evening. Interesting movie. It's called, I think it's called Future War or some shit like that. Hold on, let me see. Future War. Is that what it's called? No. The Tomorrow War, that's what it's called, the Tomorrow War. And the Tomorrow War is interesting because it's interesting for a lot of reasons. But um, one thing, basically, there's an alien invasion, and we already know. They're playing up the, the alien thing again, right? They got the War of the Worlds is back on the TV. They got the Tomorrow War. Tomorrow War is basically humans from... 2051 come back and let humanity know. Hey, look, there's uh there's gonna be an alien invasion in a few years, and we need to gather humans from this time period and bring y'all to the future to fight this war, right? That's the premise of the movie. So people get recruited and brought brought to the future to fight this war. Okay, you just watch, I just watched that shit, right? And I think did it release today too? On Independence Day, you see how they do? You got, again, peep the propaganda. And so it's a good movie. I, I definitely recommend people watch it if you're into that type of thing. Because I'm, I'm all about like the time travel movies and alien movies, all that shit. So you put time travel and aliens together, I'm probably going to watch it. So in this one, the, the humans find out. The, these uh time travelers come back to 2022. That's when the movie takes place, and then they say, "Hey, look, we need to recruit some of y'all to come fight these aliens. They're killing off humanity. We're gonna need to bring you into the future to fight them." We we it's definitely predictive programming. People, you know, coming into the future, going to the future, fighting the war. Very few of them are coming back. They're doing seven day tours and just getting completely torn the fuck up. <laughs> but there was a few things that popped out to me as I was watching the movie. One of them is at a certain point, you hear that there's only 500,000 people left on the planet fighting this war. Now, that number was really interesting because it's not 500,000 But if I'm not mistaken, the Georgia Guidestones said to uh to maintain a population under five hundred million people. And so even though it's not the exact same number, it still popped out to me like, okay, motherfuckers, I see what y'all are doing. You know? And yeah there was just a certain point in the movie where that's how many people were left and they were still fighting and they you know it was it was a decent movie. I liked it. I liked it. it did what it was supposed to do. Check it out, but tomorrow war the tomorrow war so. There's, um, y'all can go on YouTube if the videos are still there, and there are videos talking about the future of war 2025. And from the conversation, you have generals and policymakers from all over the world, Australia, the United States, and as they're having these conversations, it you get the feeling that. They're planning some kind of big engagement, military engagement for the year 2025, okay? 2025, they act as if the 2025 war has already been planned. That, that's the way the conversation sounds. I know it sounds crazy, but that's the way the conversation sounds between these people, as if the 2025 war, it, they're just getting ready for it. Like They're going to wait until that year to engage in the next big war. So when I saw this movie, uh, The Tomorrow War, that kind of, for me, that rang that bell. Like, okay, 2025. So many things are coming back to 2025, folks. The Deagle projection, that's the big one. The Deagle projection, D-E-A-G-E-L. If you want to find that, you're going to have to find, um, you're basically going to have to find the Deagle projection that was uh, forecasted, or the Deagle forecast from 2015. Deagle, from what I understand, it's some kind of. It's not a defense contractor, but they they deal with a lot of defense contractors, and and you know they're, they're numbers guys. Like they put numbers together, they put projections together for for. Um, kind of geopolitical geopolitical moves um, as far as i can see they're they're re- they're pretty official but then they had this creepy ass prediction in 2015 that they said in 2025 the us would essentially have 80% fewer people and you know even then, 10 years ago, you're like, okay, that's a while away. But now that shit is like four years away. And, you know, you would wonder how they something like that would happen. But in light of this COVID, and not just the COVID, but even the vaccination, you're like, okay, I can see how that may happen, you know. Um, <laughs> four years from now. we could have 80% fewer people especially if anything about this this antibody dependent enhancement is true I was reading the paper earlier about antibody dependent enhancement and it's all bad it's all bad the antibody dependent enhancement Basically, it's from what I understand so far, the antibodies that are being created by these shots, we're not even going to call them vaccines, we're going to call them shots. The antibodies that are being created by these shots, they aren't terminating antibodies, and... They attach, to, they attach to the virions. That's the virus and the shell, the protein shell. And they basically bring them into the macrophages and infect the macrophages. The macrophages are part of your uh, immune system. Those are your stationary white blood cells. So now they bring them into the in, into the macrophages and infect them. So that's like I mean, it almost reminds me of like HIV or or you know an autoimmune disease where now your immune system is going to be attacking your body, okay? And that's what you know certain certain doctors are are warning of that the uh, antibody dependent enhancement is what ultimately could start killing people in the next few years. So, you know, this Deagle report, it makes more sense now in light of what's going on in this country now. I'm looking to see if I can pull this up because you're not gonna see these population numbers on, on the Deagle website right now You have to go back and find the old projections. I think, you know, after people kind of caught on, they swept it off. But it was there for a while and it changed. You know, it went from 60 something percent and 80 something percent, you know. So right now the population is 333 million people, approximately in the United States, according to this Deagle.com. But according to those reports that were coming out, you know, 10, oh, excuse me, six years ago now, it was at 67 to 80% fewer people in this country. Crazy shit. So, you know, if anybody can pull that up or find that, uh, I would love to see that. But it is extremely difficult for me to find that right now. But again, going to 2025, war 2025, the, the tomorrow war, all that stuff. If you, you know, again, I'm just peeping the propaganda. Yeah, they do love that number. Um, I'm just peeping the propaganda, but so much is leading towards that type of scenario, that that 2025 scenario, you know, um, war, disease, depopulation. I hope I'm wrong, I hope I'm wrong. Trump, believe me, I hope I'm wrong. But that's what it's looking like right now. Even with what we're seeing with this, uh, again, going back to the shot that people are receiving. The spike protein is the most active part of the whole disease. And this is what people are generating in their bodies. And the spike protein is attracted to the gonads, the ovaries, the kidneys, the heart. Uh, It breaches the blood brain barrier it's attracted to your lungs, okay? So these can cause serious issues in the future. The spike protein, the spike protein, now the, the people are spike protein factories, people who have received the shot are, have become spike protein factories, meaning that, and, and from what we understand, and these are anecdotal reports at this point, but we understand that that people are it's not shedding you can't call it shedding because this isn't a vaccine okay it's a shot it's an elixir it's a lot of other things but it's not a vaccine okay it's a shot though you can call it a shot but this shot is gene therapy so the type of gene therapy that it is people are transmitting Despite protrina transmitting some part of this pathogen to other people, especially if they're in close proximity, so that's where you're hearing the the anecdotes about women having um, several periods in one in one cycle, excessive bleeding, post postmenopausal women having uh postmenopausal women having periods premenopausal girls babies having periods okay and the way this thing is described it, it seems like we may be heading towards more and more prion disease and prion disease are ultimate prions are ultimately <sighs> excuse me, misshapen proteins. And the thing with prions is, once they get into the system, those misshapen proteins, for whatever reason, they cause other proteins to follow suit and become misshapen. And that's what leads to, if you remember mad cow disease, that's what led to mad cow disease, prion disease. The um, in cows though. But it was really it's a it's a bovine bovine spongiform sponge bovine spongiform disease or something like that. But it's called so by so many different names and just depending on what country you're in. I mean you wanna know how ill this is? This goes back to the Bill Cooper days. Bill Cooper did a report, I think, from nineteen ninety three talking about the bovine spongiform disease, okay? Like, that shit is crazy. Bill Cooper, if you don't know, he wrote Behold the Pale Horse. That is like, if you hear about um, cult classic movies, that is like a cult classic book right there, Behold the Pale Horse. And he had a radio show from about 1993, roughly, Two by nineteen, or excuse me, two thousand one, November two thousand one, when he was killed by the U.S. government, openly killed by the government. He wasn't just killed; he was openly killed. They came for that man. That man, in about in summer of two thousand one, he made this prediction. He said, "There's going to be a major attack on the United States if you if you hear this guy Bin Laden." If you hear that he is uh, being blamed for an attack, a terrorist attack, know that is false. Know that your government did it, basically. There's going to be an attack, and they're going to blame it on bin Laden. This is what Bill Cooper said in the summer before 9-11. So you think they were going to let him live into the new world? Because that just, that if nothing else, that validated all the other predictions that he had made. And, I mean... There's not much that he said. There's not much that he said that either hasn't come true or hasn't isn't accurate at this point, whether it's in his books or in his broadcasts, you know, and if he were excuse me, if he were alive today. It would only just give more credibility to the things that he had been saying for so long. He was warning us. He was ringing that along. That oh, you'd like to get an archive of all Bill Cooper radio shows? Listen, there is a page. There's a YouTube page that I follow. It's a Bill Cooper page. I suggest you get on there. It's on YouTube. I suggest you get on there quickly and download as many of those audios as you can because that's one of those pages that's being censored. The, the censorship right now is crazy folks and it's almost hard to believe that we're living in an age when censorship would be so accepted and deemed acceptable by so many different people it doesn't matter what political spectrum you're on in this country especially if you're a democrat or a republican both sides believe in censorship too. Certain extent. You know, during the reign of Donald Trump, censorship, you had Democrats basically screaming for censorship, especially when it came to this COVID. This that's when the shit really got kicked into overdrive with COVID and all that. But (sighs) I remember for so long especially being black in this country. See, like all that shit that's going on to the rest of America has been going on to black America for a long time. So it's nothing new. I mean, the censorship, the uh, so-called fact checkers coming out the woodwork, like, you know, I've been, I've been on different message forums and whatnot for a long time. And part of it is to learn. Part of it is to educate. But really, more than anything, is to learn. And understand people and understand even people who may not think the way that I think. And <clears throat> it always amazed me how you would have these, you know, I, I just think they're feds, honestly. These folks who would come out of the woodwork and uh, no matter what you talk about, they have all the information on that topic, okay? I, I I never met a motherfucker who who just knows so much about so much and could articulate on every goddamn thing that comes out of my mouth. But then as the years go on, and then other platforms, you know, the Facebook and the Instagram, you realize, like, oh wait, no, those were probably those were probably feds, you know. So, but you had people. You have people for the longest time, they've always been there. This goes back to the coin tow pro stuff. You know, they always want uh, to, th- their aim is just to control the conversation, distort the conversation, cause confusion among the masses and among the ranks in order. And that's how they kind of create that the order that they want because they don't want all of us dialoguing with each other without them intervening. Okay this is like The Matrix. If y'all remember The Matrix with the Agent Smith, like anybody who's not unplugged is a potential agent. That shit is real in 2021. I thought that shit was real in 2001. That shit is real in 2021. And clearly it doesn't matter which president is it, which administration or, or which political party is in power because they're both doing it. So so all this stuff it's been going on with black folks for you know ages in this country now they're bringing it home now they're bringing it home to white America and white America's not liking that you see especially and that's you know mostly represented by the the right Republican so-called conservatives uh, you know we're being censored and you know all these witch hunts for our oh yeah oh you oh you don't like the witch hunts oh. Oh, you don't like being targeted because of your political beliefs. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, agent provocateurs are making y'all look bad. Oh, okay. All right. You see how that shit sounds? And people think y'all look crazy. People think you're just complaining. People, yo, listen. Yes, I think it is known by now that white men, especially, are being targeted as the new terrorists. I know it feels shitty, but welcome to the club, motherfuckers. And. It's not to downplay because I don't think it should happen to anybody. But this is the the environment that's been created in this country over decades and decades. All right. And it's always acceptable when you're not the one being targeted. But when it comes around to your ass, that's when people get nervous because, damn, like, who's going to protect me from this? You know, nobody, nobody's going to protect you. You gotta protect yourself, and you know. Again, I don't condone. I don't care who who's in power and who's who who it's coming from. I don't think any anybody should be treated in that way, because injustice somewhere is injustice. What is it? Injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. However, that quote goes, and that's real. That's real. And, you know, I know people don't understand that, but they will, especially when the FEMA shit starts. They'll understand it. They'll get it because then they'll realize, damn, like maybe I should have just fought for that person's rights because that person's rights are intimately connected to my rights. That's the thing. It's just we're either in it all together or we're all fucked. Mm. Mr. Eastland said, Black Wall Street, Aboriginal black folks, the Zionist power structure of slavery, all hidden. That's right. That's right. It's all hidden. And, you know, it's coming out, but it's not coming out fast enough. And it's not coming out in a comprehensive way where people can do something with that information. Like, look at look at Tulsa, Oklahoma. I promise you. I first learned about Tulsa, Oklahoma in around 2001, so I was one of those people ringing that alarm, oh shit, we had a black Wall Street. We had, uh, you know what I'm saying, like that that was 40 years outside of slavery, 60 years outside of slavery, I was ringing that alarm. I was letting people know, yo, we had a black Wall Street. It was burned down, you know, that's the first time a bomb was dropped from a plane in the United States on black Wall Street. People thought I was crazy. People told me to shut my mouth. People told me I didn't know what I was talking about. If that was really a thing, then we would've learned about it in history. Well, look, 20 years later, 20 fucking years later, now we're talking about Black Wall Street. And again, peep the propaganda. If you saw the show Watchmen, Watchmen, the TV show, it it took place in Tulsa. They showed the Tulsa race riot. And even the whole idea of the superhero basically emerged out of Tulsa race riots, or they weren't really superheroes, but they were heroes, you know, Mass Avengers came out of the Tulsa race riot. I mean, the show was interesting, but once I, once I learned that that was a theme in the show, that's when I realized, okay, this stuff is coming to the forefront. And I don't think it was for the purpose of actual reparations or retribution, but I think it's ushering in how do I explain this? If you listen, these people have to get in front of the story. They are doing their best to control the narrative. And if melanated people in this country aren't controlling the narrative and controlling how they're represented, then someone else is going to do it for you. You don't want that. Look at the Kazarians, right? Look at the Khazarian nomads and their representation. They control Hollywood. They control the music industry. They control, you know, media altogether. Largely in control of media and in politics. And look at their image. I mean, their image is sanitized uh, outside of, you know, because people people talk outside of. You know, like CNN and all that other shit, like regular people kind of know what the deal is. But if you were just if you were just to go by their representation in the media, shit is stellar. You know, but once you start going a little bit deeper into it. You don't have to go that deep. You just scratch the surface. Just pull, you know what I'm saying? Just pull a couple, pull a layer off of the onion just to see what's underneath there. And you see it is despicable and deplorable. I mean, we talk about it all the time on the show. We don't really need to, right? (laughs) He said Shylock, sorcery, bloodletting, usury, right? The usury alone. If people knew about the usury alone. You remember that rabbi? I can't remember his name now see if I could pull it up for you, but that rabbi, he said that if they knew, if the Goyim, that's what they call us, if the Goyim knew what we were doing, there would be another holocaust, he was telling his fellow Kazarians they need to stop with the usury, because if the Goyim were to find out, there would be another holocaust, what's this motherfucker's name? Um, rabbi what's rabbi yaron Ruben. rabbi rabbi yaron Ruben. I, I you can check on my igtv i have the video on there it's about 12 almost 13 minutes long 12 minutes 57 section, seconds long where rabbi yaron Ruben talks about usury And that shit is damning, damning, because he explains how the check cash places and the cash advance places, that's what's destroying small business right now. And small business business is what carries any country, okay? But that's what carries our country. It's not big business. Big business, they, they don't really contribute much to the country, but but the small businesses are what carry the country. So when you have something like Cash Advance, when you have some, damn, my ears just started ringing crazy. When you have something like Cash Advance and when you have something like, um, what is it? Payday loans and all that shit, check cash in places, all that stuff, then they are stripping the wealth from small businesses and from the people, and that's what really collapses an economy and destroys a country. And I mean, what, what happened in Weimar, Germany? And it's so funny because I hear so many people referencing Weimar, Germany as, as a semblance to what we're seeing in the United States, and yeah, they're talking about economically, but I think they're also talking about like socially and like the debauchery, but you know, we'll have to go into that right now. That's right, Mr. Eastland said, once you see it, you can't unsee it. That is a fact. You cannot unsee that shit. Once you see the truth, your eyes are wide open. And it's like that movie, they they live. You know, like. Once you see that shit, once you see the truth, you're just left there with the truth. And you, you look at all these people around you who can't see it. And it's a lot. There are a lot of pieces to put together. And that's why a show like this and a network like this you know, is important. Because we do our best to give you the bullet points that you can look up for yourself and then go and do some homework. That's why it's on the wake up. You know, this is not this is not your your basic you know, analysis show. We throw a lot at you in one episode and that's why we always tell you, you know, get your pens, paper, notebook, all that stuff. You know that's why we um we tell you to take the you know to write this stuff down. Thank you, that fool, uh, fool, <laughs> that that was that that fool, Al. Thank you, bro. Thank you. But that's why we tell you to write that stuff down, write things down because that way you can go back on the past shows and do some homework for yourself. You know because there's too much information to absorb at once. Where if you don't know if you don't have a background, like a basic background knowledge on the things we're talking about, then a lot of the shit we mentioned here may just sound crazy to you. And you know, we as a collective, as people, we don't have the luxury of, you know, figuring out if someone is lying to us, or figure out if figuring out if someone's information is inaccurate. You know, we don't really have that luxury because let's say someone either intentionally or unintentionally gives you some information that's not completely accurate. Then that may lead you down, you know, that may, you might go in hours or days down that rabbit hole and then realize, oh, no, this is bullshit. I just wasted all that time on bullshit. So we do our best to give you that information that, you know, you can do your cross-referencing and find out very quickly, okay, there's something to this, and go deeper. Like, I can't tell you, so many people send me information on a regular basis, and I take the time to go over it. We all take the time to go over it, and, yo, I'm going down some wild rabbit holes, But it all comes down to like, what's your baseline information? You know? What do you know? What do you think you know? What don't you know? And is what you're learning? Does it fall into what you understand as truth? There is a concerted effort to take out the United States. Listen, I always said, I've got my beats with this country but especially since i live here i don't really want it to just collapse if that's what's going to happen that's what's going to happen i understand and i'm with the shits but (laughs) that's not exactly what i want to happen to it you know my friends are here my family's here like you know i work here i eat here i love food so you know A collapse wouldn't be the best thing, but that's what, you know, outside forces want for this country. And they want it because, for one thing, we have a constitution. Even though our constitution, our Bill of Rights is being violated, we still have it. (sighs) Excuse me, it's been a long day. We still have that Bill of Rights. And that Bill of Rights is one thing, one thing that's standing in the way of... This, you know, global oligarchy really. People say, oh, the new world order is coming. That shit is already here. But they can't move the way they want to move because we still have these freedoms. And, you know, that goes back to the lockdowns where. They got us with the pandemic lockdown. Okay, I get it. People were scared, so they allowed that to go on. What happens now when they bring in this climate lockdown? Are y'all going to go along with the climate lockdown? So now they're going to have people in lockdown with their fucking masks on again, but for a different reason. Are y'all going to fall for that okie doke? Are you going to fall for that okie doke? Okay. How are they going to justify that type of lockdown? How are they going to enforce that type of lockdown? Are they just going to be cutting off power to people? Just think about it for a moment, you know, because this is the type of shit that I think about. How would these governments enforce a global lockdown, but based on climate change? How would they enforce that? Cut off power. Intentionally cut off power. Create some kind of climate catastrophe because, they, you know, they're doing the weather control. Create some kind of climate catastrophe, a hurricane, twister, earthquake, tsunami. These are all the things you got to consider. And if you don't know about weather warfare then it's gonna be difficult for you to come up with creative ways that this may be done, okay? If you're limited, if if you're thinking one-dimensionally, you know, because this is what is called the future of war, this episode, if you're thinking about troops on a battlefield, you know, shooting at each other and all that shit, you're not thinking about all the tools that they have in their tool chest to go to war. Okay? This is why I encourage people to read The Art of War, too. Because several times a year, because if you, if you read The Art of War, then you see very clearly that the United States is violating The Art of War. It makes you think they're not really trying to win a war at all. And they know they're doing it. It's not like they're ignorant. These are some of the best military minds in the world in history. So they know exactly what they're doing. You know, they're letting foreign foreign armies basically invade this country. Different foreign armies, too. You have Russians. You have Chinese. You have... I know there's some South Americans, you have people from all over the fucking world coming to this country. And positioning themselves strategically throughout this country and around this country in Mexico and Canada. And just waiting, just waiting, you know, but they're there for sure. They're there for sure. If they're gonna leap all that once one day, maybe. They might be here just to pick up the pieces if there's an economic collapse or a prolonged blackouts, you know. You might just have groups of them going around doing what they do. They say, okay, a one-month blackout across the nation. Let us go do what we got to do. Let us go stick and move a little bit, you know, because now they have the free reign to do it. Nobody stopped them. We already talked about American blackout. That was for 10 days. That was 10 days of a blackout, showing what they project would happen in 10 days. You talking a month? It's a whole different scenario, whole different scenario for a month, for several months. That's when people can die and go, you know, get disappeared and go missing, and nobody's really gonna notice because they're dealing with their own shit. I mean, even in a shit hits the fan situation, let's say, You do have all the supplies that you need, and you can ride out for a month with the supplies you have, right? What happens when you're cooking and that shit smells good? You're the only one three miles who's cooking that good shit. And then you have people whose stomachs are touching their backs, right? And they smell that good food. Wafting through the air. They're downwind. They just catch that shit on the breeze. It's gonna be like in the cartoons where they just It's floating Towards where the fuck you're at Because you you decided to cook something with onions and peppers in it and garlic in it in the middle of a shit hits the fan Situation, you know, these are the things that most people aren't thinking about But future war, you know, the future of war, you have to think multidimensionally about these conflicts that we're in just for your own safety, you know, I mean, I can think of a lot of different scenarios, and then there's a lot of scenarios who I haven't even considered, because my mind hasn't gone there because there's just information that I don't know and I'm not gonna act like I know everything. This pandemic, this plandemic has been a really good learning experience for a lot of people, I think, because we get to see, okay, so the information war that's going on right now. I put together, that reminds me, I put together a list of doctors and professionals who, you know, I, I pay a little attention to because I realize they know a thing or two. And they're not pushing the official narrative when it comes to this pandemic. Dr. Sucharit. Sucharit Bhakti, Dr. Carrie Maday, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Larry Palevsky, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, Dr. Stephen Baker, Dr. Byron Bridal, Dr. Simone Gold. You can run this back. You can run those names back and look those people up. And then there's more. That's not even half the names that I've come across at this point. Dr. Larry Pilevsky, he's one who mentioned how, I think, is he a pediatrician? He might be a pediatrician. But he mentioned how, you know, he has patients who have come in who, uh, young patients, you know, two years old who were exposed to someone who got the shot and who now have menstrual bleeding or had or were bleeding in their underwear at school. You know, four-year-old girls going to school and bleeding in their underwear after being exposed to someone who got the shot. Dr. Byron Brittle, Dr. Byron Bridal, excuse me. He's um professor of immunology uh, in a, a university in Canada, and he's, I uh, believe, he, he talks about the uh, antibody-dependent enhancement, antibody-dependent enhancement with these shots that I was talking about earlier. Dr. Byron Bridal, he said, we thought we were doing the right thing by giving people this shot, but we found out we fucked up, basically. And that we're giving people this pathogenic spike protein that's going to cause, that is causing chaos in their bodies, but it's going to cause chaos further down the line. Dr. Roger Hodkinson, can't remember his uh, credentials, but Dr. Hodkinson talks about how basically this whole thing is a hoax, you know. Um, it was all the way just to to lock down the economy, lock down the world, how masks aren't doing anything but causing more disease, you know? Um, so Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, she's one of the leading experts on vaccine injury. Dr. Carrie Madey. She's a beast and she's getting a lot of publicity right now since the beginning of this pandemic. Dr. Madday, M A D E J. If you can find any content from her, because she talks about, especially with this um, this hydrogel. I mean, the shit that Dr. Madday talks about. Yo, she explains how the hydrogel, the hydrogel is basically what's what's in these shots and what's holding everything together now the hydrogel is uh it's nano what is it nano lipid something nano nano lipids nano lipids that are used to basically bind to your cells and help your cells to integrate with different materials and communicate. But these nanolipids, this hydrogel, basically, it's like a a self-replicating nanolipid layer in your body. It just keeps growing. And ultimately, it's going to help humans to communicate, human bodies to communicate with machines. Peace, peace. I'll see you. It's gonna help human bodies to communicate with machines, or better yet, machines to communicate with human bodies. Because the future of these vaccines is that they wanna be able to, okay, so let's say you have a substance in your body. They wanna be able to, uh, you know, type in some commands on a computer, send that to your body, and your body then go and produce the substance that it's been programmed to produce you get one thing put in you and forever okay let's say we're going to give you some advil you just put in a little you know type in advil it could even come down to you having an app on your phone where you say okay i'm gonna need some advil today i'm gonna need some painkiller and you type that into the app on your phone sends a signal to what's in your arm and it creates it in your body painkiller okay where you're pretty where your doctor can now um Type in a couple commands onto the computer, send your body a signal and produce that antibody or that vaccine in your body. So this is like the level that they're heading with it. Also, the um, the nanolipids, the hydrogel is a way They're according to Dr. Made, it's being used and being tested in Africa right now as a pre-crime type of thing to the point where you're going to be able to stop them from committing a crime or catch them in the act or catch them before they commit it. This is, this is what it's going to be used for. And once it's perfected in Africa, you already know they're going to roll it out to the rest of the world. So, you know, it, again, th- this is the, f- the future of war. So if you're thinking about soldiers on a battlefield, duking it out, shooting at each other, then you're not thinking correctly about how this thing might go down. Okay, we're at war right now. Human body is like a dumping ground for these major multinational corporations. They have byproducts that they legally can't dump as waste. You know, there's enough Superfund sites out there as it is, but they can't dump this stuff as waste. So what do they do? They put it back into us. You know, the, these chemical additives that they're putting into our food products. I'm not even calling it food. They put into our food products. These things are highly toxic. And so they're basically using our bodies or using human bodies to filter it out. They're killing people. They are creating permanent patients, medical patients, you know, even with the health insurance. They know the type of cancers that these things are going to create, and they have vested interest in the treatment. They have a vested interest in the cause and the cure. So they're going to feed you stuff that gives you cancer. And then with the other hand, they're going to feed you something that kind of cures it. I don't even want to say it cures it because it doesn't cures it, but it treats it. They're going to feed you what treats it. they're going to feed you what causes it. And that way they're making money off your motherfucking ass on both ends. That's the type of world that we're living in right now. That's why, you know, people, I mean, uh, all this stuff that we talk about, it comes down to having some basic knowledge on nutrition and really for yourself because you can't save everybody but if you can save yourself then that's one more person that the government doesn't have to look out for when shit hits the fan okay you don't want to be in the line to go to camp FEMA you want to be sitting at home at the very least looking out your window eating some shit <laughs> With your weapons, your food, your water, and water filtration. And not have to worry about tussling with people for your basic needs. You know, make this shit easier for yourself. It doesn't have to be difficult. I'm looking at. If you saw the ad <clears throat> for today, you saw this monstrosity in the fucking Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Yo, CBS News headline July 3rd, 2021. <clears throat> Burst pipeline causes bubbling, steaming eye of fire to emerge in the Gulf of Mexico. Someone sent that to me, and I thought it was a joke. I got thought it was. I knew. I just knew it had to be some new Lord of the Rings shit. <sighs> the fucking Gulf of Mexico is on fire. The water is on fire. That shit is ridiculous. How is that possible? Right. That's the question. So, according to them. A, a natural gas. Well, let me just read the article. Let's see what they say, okay? Because <clears throat> I haven't even tuned into it, honestly. I saw that shit and I said, it's fuckery. That's all I know. So let's see what the article says. It seems like something that could only appear in a movie. Hmm. So we're in agreement. But on Friday, it was reality. The ocean was on fire. A gas leak west of Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula broke out of an underlying underwater pipeline causing bright flames to appear to boil up to the Gulf of Mexico surface and create what many described as an eye of fire, quote unquote. Gas started leaking from the pipeline in the Campeche Sound at roughly 515 a.m. on Friday, according to a statement from the company that owns the pipeline, Petro- Petroles Mexicanos, otherwise known as Pemex. Oh, look at this. Peep the propaganda. Ring of fire. An undersea gas pipeline ruptured in the Gulf of Mexico, sending inter- infernal flames boiling to the surface in the Gulf waters. That's from pick Twitter, whatever the fuck. Ring of Fire. That's what they called it. Ring of Fire, folks. I'm telling you, is this part of Operation Ring of Fire? To me, it looks like part of Operation Ring of Fire. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold on. Because something else. Okay, well we're, we're going to come back to this in a minute, but we're gonna going to go back to the article. Because if you looked at the ad, I said, I'm asking a question, is this part of Ring of Fire? Operation Ring of Fire, okay? Pemex, a state, state-owned petroleum company, said in a statement that the incident was dealt with immediately after security protocols were activated and firefighting vessels were sent to deal with the incident. Normal operating conditions resumed around 10.45 a.m. on Friday, Pemex said, after interconnection valves were closed and the fire was extinguished. The company reported no injuries or evacuees and said that it will investigate what happened. Angel Carrizales, executive director of Mexico Security, Energy, and Environment Agency, wrote on Twitter that the pipeline did not generate a spill. Journalist Manuel Lopez San Martin, Posted the now viral videos on Twitter which show four ships appearing to spray water at the massive circle of flames. The fire, according to Martin, was just four hundred meters from an oil platform. That shit looked crazy. Um it's just going on. It's just going on. Nobody knows what the fuck happened. Just the bottom line. Nobody knows what happened. That shit looked crazy. This shit was definitely definitely visually disturbing. If nothing else. Because you have this fire in the middle of the water and then these fire, these fire uh vessels spraying water onto the onto the burning water. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man, if I'm the only one that finds that hilarious, that they're using water to put out fire in the water. <laughs> I'm done. But Operation Ring of Fire, you hear about that operation, it involves... um. Power plant explosions and fires, warehouse explosions and fires, train derailments and explosions, and I saw this. It was just interesting how they used Ring of Fire in that article, too. But... There was let me see this is from this article from Forbes June 29 2021 headline after report on deadly commuter train accident shares of Carlos Slim's Grupo Carso stand virtually unfazed Shares of Carlos Slim's industrial conglomerate, Grupo Carso, were down just 3% since a third-party report revealed on June 16th that the group may be responsible for a construction flaw that led to the death of 26 public transport passengers last month <clears throat> when a metro train overpass collapsed in Mexico City. An independent investigation conducted by DNV, a Norwegian external auditor, found at least six deficiencies in the construction process that led to the overpass collapse. These had to do with the improper welding and screw installation, as well as the use of different kinds of concrete in the structure. The Mexican government asked the Norwegian firm to investigate in order to have an impartial party doing the scrutiny. Now... Maybe. Maybe that commuter crash that killed 26 people was indeed just an accident due to negligence. But again, I've been peeping this Operation Ring of Fire stuff. It it came up to me years ago. But then something last year kind of made me look back into it. And all of a sudden I couldn't find any information on it. Operation Ring of Fire and after a little while you know i had to crack the code and it all came back there was just a flood of information and a couple of things that were on it besides the warehouses factories um, trains train crashes and derailments but volcanos right and then we had a volcano in saint saint vincent in the caribbean then a huge volcano in Africa. And I believe there was uh, also Icelandic volcano. So for me, it's not a far stretch that all these things might be related. But again, if you're not aware of these things, then you might be prone to look at all this as isolated incidents. There's this paper came back. I had to dig for it. All this stuff is going to go up on the website eventually, too. There's a paper going back to when was this published? 1995. I had to do some digging to find it, but I found it. It's called Bacteriological Warfare. A major threat to North America. What you and your family can do defensively before and after. Oh, peace, brother. Peace, Feko. I see you, brother. Okay. Okay, King. It's called Bacteriological Warfare. A major threat to North America. What you and your family can do defensively before and after. A civil defense manual by Larry Wayne Harris R.M. But this was written in, this was published in 1995. RM, Registered Microbiologist by Larry Wayne Harris, Registered Microbiologist, all rights reserved. Let me see if I can pull something out of this because it is so dense with information that you know I can't just read one paragraph cuz these paragraphs are thick like chunky paragraphs um and that's just the intro Talking about biological warfare and, you know, pathogens that have been, ooh, he's talking about pathogens that have been smuggled out of research facilities. Ooh. Hmm. So Here's just an excerpt from it, just to give you an idea what this dude was talking about in 1995. Um, ooh, wow, okay. So peep game, folks, this is from 1995, right? This is just part, just an excerpt from chapter one. Several countries are said to be genetically engineering viruses for biological warfare. It has been asserted by leading scientists that new horrible diseases will be unleashed if biological warfare occurs. During the last few years, medical science has been fighting an ever-increasing number of allegedly lab-created genetically altered viruses such as AIDS. These, by the very nature of their ability to continuously mutate, have resisted any kind of conventional medical treatment. According to sources, ED note uncorroborated, AIDS was created in military biolabs for this purpose, and only the military has the antidote. The individual making this assertion stated that he had numerous documents smuggled out of Hut Laboratories under CIA contract to confirm this fact. For several weeks, this individual communicated with a scientist who not only helped create these viruses, but owned a California-based corporation, Hercules Research Corporation, which developed them under contract for military applications. Y'all see, so when we talk about taking notes, y'all might want to look that up. Uh, Hercules Research Corporation and see what you come up with because it might be interesting, all right? This individual claimed he had files containing transcripts of those conversations and backup documents. Any microbiologist familiar with today's technology knows the capabilities of these genetically altered, fast mutating viruses. Fast mutating viruses, folks. They are certainly not naturally occurring and are far more lethal and less expensive to produce. This individual found out that back in the early 1980s, some of this technology was sold to Iraq under the Reagan Bush administrations. The virus mutates and destroys the body's T cells making it practically impossible to be treated in advance or even treated after infection since the body's immune system is the target. So isn't that what we were talking about earlier? If y'all were tuned in earlier, we were talking about this this, um, antibody-dependent enhancement with these shots for this virus, right? Most of those, most of these lab-created viruses attack the immune system first, or the specific DNA of the individual, all right? So early on in this, we talked about uh, genetically specific pathogens, and now we're talking about pathogen that, despite t- uh, protein ultimately it attacks the, the, um, the immune system specifically. It doesn't just attack the body. It goes straight to the immune system. Okay, The following is from research documents smuggled out of Wackenhut Laboratories. 20 African prostitutes in Nairobi and Gambia, West Africa, were used as research subjects by collaborating American, British, and Japanese scientists to test the US government's antidote against the lab-created HIV AIDS virus. The test was a huge success, and all 20 other women never contracted the HIV virus after being exposed consistently for five years. So they, they exposed these women to this shit for five years just to see, like, why aren't you getting AIDS? I remember I was watching the news back in around 2001, and they talked about an African tribe that was immune to AIDS, and I thought to myself, it was one of those things, you know, they just played it real quick on the news. It might have scrolled along, the ticker on the bottom. And I thought to myself, damn, that's weird. How did they know that these people were immune to AIDS? How'd they know that a whole tribe was immune to AIDS? I digress. The reason? The cytotoxic T lymphocytes, or T cells, were raised to extremely high levels by the injected antidote. The following are excerpts from one of the documents. Quote, the Sarah of the prostitute showed that the women were generating highly specific cytotoxic T lymphocyte responses to both HIV-1 and HIV-2 peptides. The HIV-specific CTLs were studied utilizing peptides epitopes, which are bound in MHC, major histocompatibility complex molecules on the surface of the infected cells and presented to the T cell receptors of the CTL. The finding of HIV-specific CTL able to kill virus-infected cells in uninfected but repeatedly HIV-exposed women indicated that the PCR serum developed antibodies in the subjects over a three-month period. The protective immunity immunity developed against HIV in all 20 women emphasized the vaccine's ability to utilize cytotoxic T lymphocytes to retain CD4 cell counts above 500 with no symptomatic viremic response over a five-year period, end quote. A study group of HIV-infected mothers in Nairobi were also given the serum and gave birth to HIV-free babies and the subgroup of HIV-exposed U.S. men were given the vaccine and have shown no signs of symptoms of any disease for over five years. This was in 1995. Okay, folks? He he published this in 1995. So, you know, this is stuff that they've known. It's just showing that, that this biological warfare Listen, they have the disease and the cure already. And whatever they're telling us is only a part of the truth. So, in other words, not only has biological technology been created to destroy an individual's immune system as implied by rampant emerging new diseases in targeted areas worldwide, but technology exists today in government-sponsored laboratories to increase the immune system a thousand percent against lab-created viruses. To increase the immune system a thousand percent against lab-created viruses. Imagine that. The HIV-AIDS virus approaches a RACO, race-specific organism, in that it was designed to kill only Negroes. The HIV virus was placed into serum, some say smallpox, and inoculated into Negroes for their genocidal removal from Africa. The HIV virus was designed to use an intermediate bacterial carrier that was present in the Negroes' body but not present in Caucasians. You hearing this, folks? This strategy has been extremely effective, and by some estimates, the Negro population of Africa will soon be reduced to below 5 million. This was in 1995, okay? Didn't quite work out the way that these people, and if you remember the the SAMR, the um, S-A-I-M-R, I believe it is, basically you had these um, documentary makers who interviewed a former member of SAMR. He was in a South Africa, that's the South African something or other motherfuckers, whatever they were. But, you know, they they posed as philanthropists, but they were injecting the African people with AIDS, HIV, because they saw it as a humane way to commit genocide. They said that just outright killing them, shooting them and all that would have been too bloody, would have taken too long, and visually it looked crazy. But if they were able to inject them with this virus, then it was a more humane way to kill them. And they knew that that was the intention, was to kill off these people when they did it, okay? So this falls right in line with that. And, you know, a lot of folks don't want to believe that that thing that type of thing can occur, but it, remember, AIDS occurred in most of our lifetime. If you're listening to this program, you were probably alive when AIDS was going on. That shit was scary. That shit was real. You don't really hear about it as much now. You know, they have all these medications now where they say, oh, you could be, you know, someone can be HIV positive and have no symptoms and, you know, go out and have raw sex and shit, like basically encouraging people to get get back to raw sex. You know what I mean? But but I digress this this is definitely this is definitely um, some literature to get your hands on because this guy goes in he wrote this in uh, like I said he published this in 1995 and all the stuff that he's talking about still stands today there was a section. I don't know if I can find it right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going. Um, talking about the different, uh, different pathogens and how to deal with them, from salmonella and you know, cholera. First aid for biological agent casualties. Treatment for biological agent casualties. Things like that. But like I said, this is called bacteriological warfare, a major threat to North America. What you and your family can do defensively before and after. Great read. You know, I talked about the, uh, the report from Iron Mountain earlier. Check that out because the report from Iron Mountain is the precursor to Agenda 21. 21. And you see what they're talking about now, what the World Economic Forum is talking about with this great reset and what it's basically going to mean for humanity and how, you know, in the next few years, they're saying you won't eat as much meat, especially not red meat, because that's bad for the environment. You will own nothing. You will rent everything and you will love it. So anything that you want, whether it's a car, you're not going to own cars anymore. You're going to rent cars. And there's a whole bunch, It's like eight things that they say were coming in the near future. It's the, the new world that you're going to love. So you can check that out. But the report from Iron Mountain is the precursor for that. But the Iron Mountain, destruction you can trust. Ain't that some shit? That's their motto, destruction you can trust. Hmm. There's another article again. This stuff you got to do your digging for it because it wasn't easy for me to find these. Eventually, these will be up on the on the Wake Up Radio website. This is actually a good article right here. It's called "Emergency Alert: Great Danger Lurking in Flu Shots: Health Risks for Far Outweigh Benefits" by Greg Ciola, Crusader Editor, October 8, Thousand Five. And, you know, he talks about how this flu shot contains toxic agents. How flu shots, um, you know, they may help spread the flu. They do not guarantee immunity. Coming from a Christian perspective, for sure. So, you know, pharm- pharmacopoeia, obviously, we know, or not... I don't want to say obviously, but a lot of us understand that that's, you know, sorcery. That's the real sorcery. So, what you, Vodun and all that stuff, that's not sorcery. Pharmacopoeia is actual sorcery. Um, natural alternatives. So, <clears throat> out of this paper, I think this is one of the most important things that people should uh, be aware of says there are many, many very effective natural products available to help boost your immune system and keep you well during flu season without needing to inject neurotoxic poisons and blood contaminants into your body. Your immune system is the only thing that prevents you from being riddled with opportunistic infections and a host of other chronic illnesses and so on and so forth. But I hope you're taking notes, folks. Oregano oil, and this natural wonder has been used for thousands of years as an antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, and antiseptic agent. Oh, yeah, yeah. All you found was paper shredding companies. Yeah. Look, look, up, look up the report from Iron Mountain PDF. The report from Iron Mountain. Our, um, you might see it called RFIM. You'll find it. The report from Iron Mountain is there. But yeah, they say paper shredding company. That's why the irony, the destruction you can trust. But Iron Mountain is also a dumb facility. Deep underground military base. It's a dumb facility where a whole bunch of shit is. But um these natural cures, oregano oil, colostrum, C-O-L-O-S-T-R-U-M. This is the first fluid secreted by the mammary glands of mammalian mothers in the first days after giving birth. Colostrum contains high levels of protein and growth factors as well as immune factors. It's known to be one of the best immune boosters known to man. The best colostrum on the market comes from New Zealand cows. Olive leaf extract, that's another good one, fights all types of bacteria, viruses, fungi, and parasites, and is good for virtually any infectious disease olive leaf extract. Propolis, resinous substance that bees derive from trees and mixed with beeswax. Used as a health shield for the beehive, propolis has antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, and antiseptic properties. Colloidal silver. This wonder product has been around for centuries and is is reported to be one of the few things that help protect people during the height of bubonic plague, okay? You know what else helped people during the plague? Eve's oil, ladies and gentlemen. Royal jelly. Fed only to queen bees, contains over 100 nutritional properties, and has long been known to strengthen the immune system. Royal jelly is also one of the few things that helps to grow your telomeres. Your telomeres are the part of your the part of your genes. Uh, the word's eluding me right now, but basically, as you get older, they shrink, they get shorter. Your telomeres, and so when you consume the royal jelly, it helps them to grow. And basically, that's aging. Your um, t- let me just look it up. That's why. I- fucking internet is wonderful telomeres chromosomes telomeres the end of a chromosome telomeres are made of repetitive sequences of non-coding DNA that protect the chromosome from damage each time a cell divides the telomeres become shorter eventually the telomeres become so short that the cell can no longer divide so when you consume royal jelly that helps to basically lengthen your telomeres, so that uh, ultimately you're not aging and your cell isn't going through that cell death. Aloe vera contains high amounts of mucopolysaccharides, which kick in the immune modulators to fight off disease. Homeopathic remedies, these are excellent. There are some excellent homeopathic remedies that help build immunity to ward off the cold and flu. Mushroom extract, shiitake, reishi, defraction, maitake, have excellent immune-boosting properties. Hmm. Shiitake increases T cell function. Reishi has anti-tumor properties. And maitake enhances the activity of key immune cells known as T helper cells or CD4 cells. So it sounds like all those mushrooms can be used for AIDS, HIV, and anything that, that looks like it. All right. All right. Echinacea, vitamin C. Vitamin C helps prevent free radical damage and has antifungal and astringent properties. Garlic has antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal properties. Cayenne pepper is used for a litany of health problems. Cayenne pepper heats the body up, improves circulation, and helps ward off colds, sinus infections, and sore throats. Cayenne pepper. That's a good one. Probiotics help to maintain and rebuild intestinal flora. Listen, you got to work on your gut. Essential fatty acids. Good fats like omega-3s and omega-6s play a major role in cellular health. Good fats also help to bring nutrients into the cell and discard waste. EFAs, essential fatty acids, also contain high amounts of antioxidants, which help to protect your immune system. So you can get those stuff from... um, You can get it from fish oils, from flax seeds, hemp seeds, chia seeds. A lot of different seeds and nuts and legumes have the essential fatty acids in them. Essential oils. There are many essential oils like frankincense, myrrh, spikenard, rose oil, thieves, and others that provide tremendous immune system protection. Just like we said, thieves oil, folks, right? Zinc. An essential mineral that promotes a healthy immune system and fights free radicals. Alkaline water. It's very important to keep your body properly hydrated and your pH imbalanced. Make sure you consume at least half your body weight a day of water to adequately flush out toxins and hydrate your cells. That's half your body weight in ounces of water. Okay. So if you weigh 180, then you should be drinking about 90 ounces of water a day. I don't think you're supposed to be drinking 90 pounds of water. I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. Nah, we drink about 90 ounces water, 90 ounces of water a day. Rest. It's especially important during the cold and flu season to keep from getting run down. Make sure you get at least 68 hours of quality sleep a night. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's about time for me to get some quality sleep tonight. As well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Listen, there's a war going on outside, all right, ladies and gentlemen. And you don't have to, you know, be, be a victim to it, you don't have to succumb to what's going on, especially if you arm yourself with knowledge and information and you just have the will to live and the will to survive. I was speaking with a client the other day who was talking about, oh man, this guy wrote a book about the concentration camps. I think his name was Franco. And he was explaining that the people who had the will to live were oftentimes the ones who survived. And those who just gave up were the ones to die. And so it speaks to human psychology. If you're a fighter and you're trying to win and you're trying to live, then you're probably going to win you're probably going to live. But if you feel like You just can't do it. You can't hang and you're going to die and all that shit. You might not make it. So, if you're listening to this, I believe at the very least, you have the knowledge that you need to survive. And you can attain the knowledge and the information that you need to make it through this next phase of shit. Because I don't know what's coming. I think we might get some blackouts. I think we might get a fake or a real alien invasion. I mean, I think the real alien invasion already started. And it doesn't look like people think. People think it's like space aliens and all that shit. I think it's more like body snatchers type shit. But I think we're going to get a fake alien invasion. We're going to get, you know, a light show and maybe a little Star Wars and some dog fights, you know, up in space, Space Force type shit. And then the zombie apocalypse, you know, look look at look at pr- prion disease, and this is for especially for people who may have gotten the shot on purpose or inadvertently, looking to listening to um critically thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P. and they were talking about going to the somebody was talking about going to the sauna. Being I think the sauna had to be at 190 degrees, and that is a way to help fight prions in your body. Yep. That's a way to help fight the prions in your body. Get into a sauna. And look, you know, look into that. Look into that and see what you come up with. But according to this doctor, they were saying, you know, I believe it's 190 degrees in the sauna, either 170 190. I think it was 190. Let's say it was 170, even 170 degrees. Start right there, right? 170 degrees to help fight the prions because the prions are basically misshapen proteins. And once they come into proximity with other proteins in your body, then they cause them to be misshapen as well. So. You know, to me, that's going to be the zombie apocalypse when you have all these people going through this prion disease. That's the Parkinson's disease. That's the ALS. That's the um, Alzheimer's. That's the mad cow or the mad human disease this time. So, you know, take that information, folks. Uh, I'm about to go get some good sleep right now. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, for coming through. Big shout-out to all y'all. Big shout-out to On The Wake Up Radio Army. Big shout-out to the whole On The Wake Up Radio family. Big shout-out to my co-host, Brother John, the May Sonic from the Truth Booth podcast. Big shout-out to Super Producer Cindy Ashby for bringing us all together. Tune in again next week for the most dangerous two hours in radio, On The Wake Up. Look it up. Blood individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dianne. Cindy, ask the production. On the wake up. You the people have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. otwtube.com, uncensored free speech platform.